0: The Production Expert Podcast with Russ Hughes, Dan Cooper, and Eli Kranzberg.
1: Well, good evening, and welcome to Production Expert Podcast three five seven. It's the eighteenth of February two thousand and nineteen. I'm Russ
0: Hughes. I'm Dan Cooper, and
1: I'm Eli Kranzberg. And
0: Dan, what deals do we have this month? This month we haven't got any featured deals to talk about, but do check out our partner deals page as there are plenty of deals available from our partners.
1: Good, let's move on to our talking points. These are sponsored by our friends at Universal Audio. Over to you, Fab. Good morning, children. This is Fab DuPont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast talking points are brought to you with the support of Universal Radio.
2: Looking to get a big analog console sound for your in the box mix? From now through to the end of March 2019, purchase a UAD2 DSP Accelerator and get the world's most authentic Neve, API, SSL, and UA console emulation plugins with a value of up to $1,196, absolutely free. For more information, check the link in the podcast notes. Wonderful, wonderful, always good
1: stuff there. I know some of you Apollo users. I know that Eli has an Apollo, and so, so and I think James has one in his collection of audio interfaces. He has a few. Uh, I think. I've, yeah. I've got a first generation Apollo Twin, and
2: I love it. It's a great little box. For the record, uh, you guys are all hearing my voice through the SSL E Channel Unison plugin right now. Oh, thank mm. you. That's great. And uh, for my find of the
1: week, I'll tell you what you're li- listening to later on as well. In through <laughs> my voice is going through as well. Anyway. Talking point number one tonight, is Apple getting back to pro products? There's a few things happened over the weekend. The first thing is we did an article for Pro Tools users who are a unique group about the the Mac Mini 2018. We're getting some really good feedback on the Mac Mini 2018. In fact, there's one heading to the office uh, as we speak that we're going to use as a test machine. So watch out for more stories on that. But the response that we've got from the community and looking around and looking at things like the Geekbench scores means that the Mac Mini's gone from like this $500 machine that we used to think was kind of like a great way to get into buying a Mac to now a serious contender. So I don't know, guys, what you think. Eli, what are your thoughts on the new Mac Mini?
2: I think it's fantastic. If I was getting a new computer right now, that's the one I would get with a nice, cheap, twenty-seven or thirty-inch monitor because I don't need five K or six K that they say is coming. And I'd be thrilled to have a souped-up Mac Mini with a, you know nice, inexpensive peripherals. I'd be I'd be very happy.
0: Mm. No, but they're, they're brilliant because uh, my wife had one for her studio for about a year, and it doesn't matter how hard you um, load it, so to speak, million plugins, whatever. It doesn't make any noise. They're super quiet and I'd like to think that the new one's going to be just as quiet. So for studios, yeah, proper bit of kit.
1: Dan, you've been challenged, obviously, because you're, st- you're still with your cheese grater and stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because you don't want to go to trash can. I'm a trash can user. In fact, that would get you some. We'll talk about a podcast bingo later on in this show. <laughs> Somebody's decided they want to play a game called podcast bingo, which involves certain things we apparently say a lot during this show. Yeah, it was pretty. So funny. Uh, one of them is that I have a trash can. So there we go. <laughs> Mark that off on your card. Uh, but but Dan, you you you've been on a cheese grater and you said you weren't sure what to go. Uh, I having looked, I don't know if you've seen the article and looked at particularly at the geekbench scores which show the mac mini sitting between two of the mac pros the current mac pros in in speeds in power scores that's insane uh and so dan would you be would you be tempted to to, to do it or would you feel like it was a downgrade to
0: go to a mac the new mac mini i'm an hdx user so it's not as simple as just pushing some software across from one machine to another, I've got the HDX thing to think about. So that would involve chassis and all that sort of stuff. So there is an extra cost to think about. Um, And I'm used to towers. Uh, So I'd need to change a habit of a lifetime, I suppose, as well. You know, I started on G4 tower, uh, moved across to G5s, moved across to, this is my third Mac Pro cheese creator in 10 years. Um to move down to a Mac Mini, I'd need to rethink that. But I do know of their benefits. As I said, they're super quiet. Um, being able to just pick it up and go to a different location is also really quite good. Um, my wife did this with her Mac Mini a few times. She went, oh, I'm going to go around and work with a friend. I'm just going to take my monitor, keyboard, interface and Mac Mini. And they all kind of fit it in a little box. Off you go. Now, if I wanted to do that, and I have done this with my Mac Pro, it's a pain. Literally. It's a big picked, old machine, isn't well, it? Well, no, but the handles on it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's and you got that factor of oh, this is quite a sensitive machine. If I knock it, I'm going to break it. With a Mac Mini, I find that you can, you know, knock them a little bit, and they're all right. They're they're fairly bulletproof. So. They are. And I
1: I I had the, the 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 generation. I don't know what generation we're on now. I think the third generation, which was with an i7 chip. I think they called the they called it the server.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: and I pimped it I put an SSD inside it I did the same upgraded the RAM I loved it then Julian bought it off me used, and he's been he's still using it now he says it's fantastic
2: what are you on at the moment Eli Are you on a trash can or are you want an iMac you know I was on a trash can and I also came the tower route I had two g4s and then a 2008 uh, cheese grater but I got rid of that for an iMac about three years ago and I was also concerned about losing in my case not the PCI slots but the drive bays you know I had it all filled yes. with four drives yes but it's really not a big issue I no. got a, a long USB cable and a USB 3 hub so I get the drives out of the room and you know I've gotten used to it, and I'm happy. So you're on a trash can? No, I'm on an iMac right now. All oh, right, but you have had a trash can as well, did you say? Uh, not the trash can, the cheese grater.
1: Oh yeah, but you've had it. But, you, but you're on an iMac now. Yes. But have you noticed also on those Geekbench scores, iMacs do very well. Do. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I've no problem with my performance. I got four gigahertz. I got the Turbo Boost upgrade, you know, to i7 and, and four gigahertz, oh, yeah. and uh, I'm happy. Yeah, and I've
1: also got. I'm the same because, as I say, I always find it slightly ironic that people in studios say, "I don't want any wires hanging out the back of my Mac," and you think, "Well, look at the back of the patch be- babe. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> something, like, something like James Ivy, who's got more spaghetti than yeah. The, the, you know? So uh, I say so I've got one optical fire, what, uh, optical Thunderbolt cable that goes into my machine cupboard, as I call it, and that's full of drives and it's full of a chassis, a sonic chassis. But I've also uh, picked up, and I never mentioned it. I haven't been on a podcast. Recently, to mention it, I bought one of the Black Magic One U four bay drive uh, chassis, which are Thunderbolt. Oh, yeah. They're fantastic. What I'd are there? This. Are there fan noise? Is there fan Zero noise from noise? it? There's no fan in them. It's brilliant. And wow. all I do is push two and a half inch drives in, which are client based drives. So if I have got a client, I just push it in, use it, and because uh, you can get you can get a 240 uh, uh, gigabyte. Uh, ssd now for 30 pounds oh, so yeah. so you can use that and just keep client projects I, on it and then i remember you when usb sticks
0: up. used to cost that
1: yeah i remember you know yeah, I mean? <laughs> I remember a usb drive for 64 yeah. uh, gigabytes was that so yeah. so i'm using one of those i've also because i got i got a bit tired of just buying drive after drive for client work i thought i'll oh, just buy the the bear drives and just keep plugging them in and out of this black magic thing and it's brilliant yeah it's it sounds uh, great it's a great and it's good what i love about it as well i love any i love any brand that does this it's got a two thunderbolt ports on it so i can yeah. daisy chain through it yeah, yeah i hate i hate products where the thunderbolt port is the end of the line uh mm. i think it should almost be compulsory those who are making products to put two thunderbolt ports on your products i know it's expensive but i, I think it's well worth it we'll pay for it uh, yeah because my ensemble has an a two uh an, a two in does the new apollo have two in uh, two thunderbolt uh yeah ports? it does it does yeah that's that's all good stuff. I bet you anyway, don't get the, don't get the cable now. in the box though. Let's expand this out now, because because obviously I think we knew this already, and, and Apple had said this. So the the Mac Pro is due this year, but but with, with some rumor sites going around at the moment from, from credible rumor sites as well, not not some 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 post in a forum that there's a new 6K monitor coming. There's a Pro MacBook Pro, sixteen and a half <laughs> to sixteen inch. Uh, I know it sounds odd to say that, but we we have to say that almost, don't we? What's so the next? U- the Pro
2: Pro MacBook. Pro. It's the Pro Pro the, MacBook. The executive. Pro pros. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then also, what was the other one that was mentioned today? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, those three products. So perhaps all the all the carping about Apple not caring about the pros is 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 possibly going to be kind of put to rest this year, guys. Mm,
0: but is it too I late? I think so.
1: Is it too yeah. late? I don't think... It, well, is it too late? Because because the question... Look at go, oh. I saw somebody who put a comment on, on, on the, the, the the Mac Mini story, said, oh, uh, this is running faster than my Mac Pro trash can, and I wish it... Oh, and I feel kind of like ripped off. And I don't feel ripped off. I've had my trash can for five years, and it's paid for itself many times over. So... And if you look between the cheese grater and the release and the trash can release, not the point upgrades of the cheese grater with the cheese grater. That was six years. So I think and, – and I've got a MacBook Pro with the retina with a, the, with a uh, scratch card on it, whatever we call it. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's a great machine as well. So I don't quite – I know people think I'm a fanboy, but I don't quite buy into this whole – have apple abandoned the pro because the only pros that really get their hot under the collar about pci cards are, are pro tools users because everybody else is running non-pci products these days rather right? running thunderbolt or usb or usb3 so it's only this unique group of people who are even running hdx cards and things like that that have to worry about that stuff uh oh i don't and, worry uh, do, Russ. do you think that sorry i don't worry
2: it's not well, something no, I You
1: personally, but lots of lots of Pro Tools users are going, oh, Apple have abandoned us. But I think that's a pretty extreme saying because I don't think it's the same in the Logic
2: community. Do you, Eli? No, absolutely not. I mean, obviously, Logic is, is Apple only, but I, I think Apple, you know, might not be what we want as Pro users. But they have been paying attention to us with the iMac Pro. Sure, it's expensive, and there's lots of complaints about it, but. There is evidence there that they are appealing to the higher-end market. And I'm with you also with – in terms of the lifespan of a computer, to me as a working pro, earning your living with your computer – Three solid years. Anything more than that, I think, is a bonus. And I, I, I yeah. always do get more yes. than three years. But if I get three solid years, it's earned. It, you know, it, it's earned its keep. And I'm, anything beyond that is a bonus. And I'm in my fourth year now with my iMac. I'm happy. If I have to or want to change it in a, a six months or a year, I'm not certainly not going to be unhappy with its performance.
1: Well, somebody once got got hot under the collar when I said this in an article, but I will say it again: that my Mac Pro. Has paid for itself uh, over a hundred times over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mine too, I mean. mine. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I
1: mean? It's it's yeah. it, when you do the maths, that's that's insane. And it's four years here. Basically, we do de- we do straight line depreciation on our books of twenty five percent a year. So after four years, it owes me nothing anyway. Right. So now it's wor- I'm using it for free almost in terms of accounting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so so I've done one. And let's let's not knock it. How how old are your cheese grates now, Danny? Must be getting on for eight years
0: old. Oh, it's, yeah, I bought a refurb, didn't I? And this refurb, twelve core, sixty four gigs of RAM. Um, PCIe uh, flash memory. So that's super quick. Pick that yep. up for a £1,000. £1,000. Really great value wow. for money. 2009. Yeah. It's a 2009 it's a two, machine. So it's 10, ten years, years old, machine. Old. Yeah, but I bought this. It's got a year warranty. <laughs> so it's a refurb with one year warranty. And in my books, that year... Bridges the uh, the old machine that I had that m- my wife now uses um, yeah. to my next system. So I wasn't going to wait around for the whole. Oh, what's happening with the new Mac thing? And I wasn't going to invest in Windows, um, but I wanted to give myself another year of work to think about it. And this was a great option. Thousand pounds. That's a good amount of money with warranties. If this goes wrong. It goes back to them, they fix it, they send it back to me, no problem. And I've got a spare machine I can get working with, again, my old one. And in a year's time, when that's up, I will be looking at new computers again. Yeah, so. but coming back to the
1: original point, for some people, the Mac
0: Mini may be
1: enough now uh, for those that were waiting yeah. out for the new Mac Pro. Because let's be honest, that new Mac Pro is not going to be cheap. Yeah. No, it, no, it's not. If anybody's thinking that Apple are going to deliver a modular Mac
0: for $3,000, I uh-uh. would quickly move along. Yeah, uh, absolutely not. I was talking to someone else about this... Um, uh, cause I do some teaching in a school now. And someone went, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next Mac. And I went, how much do you think it's going to cost? Well, it can't be too different from what they're charging now. When went, think again, double yeah, it, yeah. triple it probably. It's going to be big, you know. And,
2: you know, we also, we don't know for sure what they mean by modular, but if history is anything to go by, I mean, Apple is not known for, you know, really uh, opening their system up to to easily swapping parts around. So... To be you know, fair though modular. I've
1: heard a rumor that they've teamed up with IKEA on the Mac Pro and you get it in a box <laughs> and you build it yourself.
2: <laughs> no, I mean uh, by modular, uh, you know, it'd be a, a fantasy yeah. would be great you snap on a thing and all of a sudden you got a chassis for 4 bays. You know, you snap on a, another thing and you got like a, you know, a USB hub and a Thunderbolt hub and yeah. uh, and you know, but I don't think and it's let's, in the peripheral and let's system. remember them.
1: And let's remember Apple don't go backwards. So to make a, to make a computer that's like the standard tower computer these days. Is like is, is so retrograde and so ten yeah. years ago yeah. that yeah. I don't. If anybody's expecting that kind of thing from Apple, think again. That's They've. Not they, I can't imagine for one
2: minute they'd do that. But you, but you know, the, a lot of pro most pro users need lots of drive space. You know, and that's the thing yeah. you can't get with these scaled down models. You get one internal drive, yeah. but we all need multiple drives, multiple big drives. So that's a real need. But we all
1: hook them off the back these days, don't we? That's the point. Yeah. They're all yeah. hanging off on USB or th- or because USB three is, is. I've done tests. I've got USB. I've got one drive that can run USB three or Thunderbolt, and it's the same speed which, whichever way I use it. Yeah, so, I
2: use all my dr- externals or on a USB three port now. You yeah, I've no. Do you know what? Super fast. I think I think a lot of this
0: modular talk with the new Mac Pro will be something similar to what we saw. I don't know, ten years ago with the Mac Mini. Um, and you saw a lot of third parties making uh, hard drives that were pretty much exactly the same dimensions as a Mac Mini. So you yeah, can stack them. I'm stack with you on them. that.
1: I think that's I what think happens. That I think it's thing. It's going to be like a, almost like a Lego Mac where you'll get, yeah. the basics, you'll get the basic chassis, then you'll be able to bolt on another drive that's 600. Yeah. You stack an the, optical the
0: drive maybe. Well, that's really old, but you know, no, what, they you you know, you know what I mean. No. It's that kind of yeah, yeah, expandability yeah. that's stackable. Um, and yeah. and
1: uh, they've always been about elegance as well, so it will be a yeah. very, uh, if it, even if it's modular, it won't be like kind of uh, get your screwdriver out of time. It'll be
2: really,
0: really yeah. well executed. Child's play, easy, yeah. Yeah. done. Yeah.
2: done. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, competitions. Ujam are offering a chance to win a copy of their full bundle, every virtual instrument they make. That's 13 virtual drummers, guitarists, bass players, and beat makers, usually costing over $1,200. Go to the win page to enter. I don't know about you guys, but I love you jam stuff. I do, I do I too. You, Eli, you did
1: the upright bass, didn't you? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's but I think, I
1: think I think I think the sound of something is only half the issue. The pl- the way it's played is the other half, and they've managed to do this with their. Yeah. With their I love v- virtual guitarists. They're acoustic. I've got a two thousand dollar tailor hanging on my wall, and half the time I use virtual guitarists because it's just
2: so yeah. straightforward to use. You know, what I find the problem with a lot of key switch based instruments, obviously we're talking mainly orchestral instruments, yep. is that you got to really be a player, you know, a, a keyboard player to really use it properly. Yeah, and quickly, for people yeah. who are, you know, just adequate keyboard players like me and probably a lot of users, Jam got it right. You it don't did. need to be a super proficient keyboard player in order to take advantage of their key switching and, you know, changing patterns the way they have it set up works brilliantly. It does. If, if you're an adequate keyboard player, Eli, then I am utter rubbish. <laughs> I've heard you're playing and gone, wow. So Yeah, but what you haven't heard is what you haven't heard is me slow down the tempo to eighty and play it in one hand at a time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, you're very musical, Eli. You're, you're you. a very musical player, which is great.
2: But uh, I mean, keyboards isn't my first instrument. That, that's my point. I, and I, you know, but I do find U-Jam really make it elegant and easy to take do. advantage of their opportunities without having to have great chops. Yeah, nice. you don't have
1: like this. Is, what I love about them is you don't have this inertia when you're trying to create a track. You very quickly are getting stuff yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, and if you and if it's an ideas generation moment, that's what you want. You you don't want to be going, oh, where's the sound I want, and how am I going to program this bass? Because I'm terrible at bass playing lines on a keyboard. I can never work out a really decent bass line, and right. then you use their bass players, and it's just like great. I'd never have thought of that. And you can always modify them yourself afterwards as well. So it's just great. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's move across to our second talking point, Russ. This is one of yours. Is uh, there is no Grammy for the loudest song? Uh, Stop it now. Interesting posts, this Russ. Uh, what sparks the idea here?
1: It's really interesting what sparked it. I, as some of the, those who know me, I've been running to get healthy, so I run about five k three times a week, and uh, I, I have playlists uh, at the moment. I'm, I'm using a rock playlist, uh, and one thing I've noticed as these playlists are going is the variance, the variation in volume between songs, and these are classic songs it's so at the moment i've got like this rock thing which has got the police and blew us to and genesis and tom petty and the heartbreakers and the variation is several db between each track uh, so i'm either having to turn it up or turn it down slightly or just live with it the police is and the I thought, quietest you know,
0: i guess sorry the police is the quietest one i can't remember to i think be it is every but, time but, i listen to it it's like whoa yeah. that's got dynamic range but, but it started me thinking well
1: uh, why are we having this? And 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 people say, well, the loudness wars are over. Perhaps the loudness wars are over in the charts, and perhaps they're over with the mastering houses. But because so many there's so many products out there now, which is uh, which which call us which are self mastering or home mastering products. One of the things they always say about them is get your tracks sounding louder, and. I don't know about you, but and for those that don't understand the, 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 how this all kicked off, was because you can't go beyond 0 dB when you're mastering for digital. Somebody had the bright idea, and I use that sarcastically, <laughs> to get as much data in below 0 dB and, and can squash all the dynamic range out of it. Uh, and, and I think a lot of – well, there are. A lot of songs are a lot poorer for it because there, there is there, – it's not a zero-sum game. There is a payoff. Uh, or, or or a loss when you do that, and one of them, of course, is dynamics, energy, and and I then thought, you know, I've got all these pictures of my kids on my phone, and if I showed them to somebody and said, "Oh, you, would you? Why don't you touch those pictures up?" I'd I'd kind of think, well, I was not allowed to put in the article. I'd deck them actually, because I'm thinking, well, but we let that happen to our songs often. We craft these beloved tracks, and then we compress the shit out of them, and it, and it, I just think. Why? And it's just like a pointless game anyway, because as I say, if you're trying to be the loudest on the street or the loudest on the playlist, you've got a good look, as I said in my article, going through all the songs on Spotify or all the songs on uh, iTunes or any of those, which do some auto-normalising anyway. Uh, it's, It's, I just think, if you've... I, I don't know, I just don't think we should do it. I think we should let our songs breathe and if the biggest problem somebody has in life is they have to turn the volume up and down and now and again, then
0: can I swap my life with yours? I think the the thing is that a lot of people do the limiting uh, and they, they look at the wrong sort of metres. Uh, they're looking yeah. at peak and RMS and they're going, mm, yeah, those are the sort of numbers I need to be aiming for. But if you look at more sort of luffs Uh, say, minus 14, minus 12, something like that, you'll notice, especially if you use a plugin like uh, FabFilter Pro L2, one of the best limiters out there, you're doing very little, very, very little. But you're meeting a spec that uh, your Spotify's and your streaming services say is absolutely fine. And you go, really? Wow. You know, 10 years ago when I was really pushing things in other plugins um, with RMS, because that was kind of the thing, uh you're smacking the crap out the top top of it completely. All peaks slammed into the ground. And now it's like we can actually use dynamics um again in mixing and mastering yeah. to aid the song. So when a song when a when a chorus comes in, let it get a bit louder. Let it be a moment. When the verse comes in, let those natural sort of dynamics dip away a little bit because maybe the instrumentation's thinned out a little bit, whatever. Let it happen. It's part of the journey. Whereas before when we were really over compressing things, we lost that. That was gone. Um, the light and the shades. It was all gone. Yeah. It was all in the right, you know, right in your face, right in the sort of like the middle of your ears. And it's like, uh, not I'm not a fan of it myself. Over the years, I've been weaning myself off that and I'm happier for it. Absolutely.
1: Because, yeah, you, you know, you do a
0: I, lot of jazz stuff, don't you? So, so I'm
1: yeah. guessing it, you, you want the breathing to happen in a Yeah, sense, absolutely.
2: It's funny I, it's, that we're talking about this now because just the past week and a half or so, I've been working, I've had a client here, a singer, doing a CD of, of cover tunes and mostly MIDI accompaniment with some live guitar. And I he wanted me to do the quote-unquote mastering, which, you know, I... I yeah. I, you know, I, you know I,
1: I, I, I put that in my article. Most of us can't do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I told him, you know, I said, uh, anyway, but the point is he wanted me to do it. It's not a super big budget thing. And I was wrestling with how high to, to master it. And then, you know, Dan, you're talking about LUFS metering, even that there's, you know, instant and average, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. how quickly do you measure it? And, and what made it more complex for me is this guy's physically printing CDs, which, you know, tolerate a higher level than the streaming services. So, you know, I I wanted to be prudent and I it felt good that it, I didn't feel like I was pushing it. And when I was looking at the meters, they were peaking, you know, in the LUFS at around 10, you know, minus 10. And averaging was a bit lower than that, but peaking at around minus 10. And that felt comfortable and good for me. And God help the streaming services. I don't know if they're going to compress that even more or not. I I think it'll be okay. But, you know, again, I, I was thinking, do I do two masters, one for streaming, one for the physical CD? Yes, But I'm I going do. with the one for now.
0: I do. I do. But yeah. I, I uh, it's very, very, very rare that people ask me for stuff for CDs. Very
2: rare. I, I may suggest for him to, to him that to do another set of masters for the streaming when it gets to that point. Right now, he's just worrying about the CD pressing. Mm. But um, yeah, I was concerned about the metering. But again, it was all software instruments, uh, notwithstanding a bit of live guitar. Not that that makes it okay, but... You know, there it it lends itself a little better to having more consistent levels. I think you don't lose as much as you do in its live performances. Do you know what? I think I think the term mastering um, has had its
0: day. Uh, yeah. I, I actually don't like the term. I say it much like sound engineers. Again, I don't like that term um, for the, for people that are working in their home studios. You're not a sound engineer. Um, sound engineers of old really, really knew their shit when it came to audio. And I don't think a lot of us sort of do these days because um, it's so computer based. Um, mastering, I think it's the same sort of thing. We're not mastering things. You know, guys that did mastering in Abbey Road and were putting things to vinyl and all that sort of stuff. They knew the craft inside out. You know, they lived and breathed it. Um, true, true masters of mastering. None of us are that. It, um, no. Plugins like I'm, I'm not going to name them, but you know the all-in-one plugin sort of things. They give us the impression that we're mastering engineers. Uh, like like DAWs give us the impression that we're sound engineers. Stop it. Um, why? Why don't we not just re, rephrase it? We're, we're kind of finalizing. We're delivering music. We're taking it from mix, and very quickly, uh, we're taking it from from say Pro Tools or Logic um, into a streaming um environment. So it's we're delivering our mix. Uh, and if we stop calling it mastering, maybe we'll look at it differently. Um, we'd focus more on the mix, because that's that's what it's all about. You spend more time on the mix, you spend very little on quote unquote mastering. We're actually delivering music from one place to another. Back in the day when mastering was really you know about getting it from tape to vinyl or to cassette or to um CD there was a huge time frame between it being finished and it being in the shops we that no, that doesn't exist these days right um my wife she can finalize her mix and can have it on spotify sort of you know within hours sort of thing yeah and uh, that's probably the norm
1: Yeah. but here's the point and I say it in my article and I say it every time is the most important thing about getting mastering done is a second set of ears on your tracks yeah do you know what I mean? And, it, and I'm sitting here in, in, with some of the best, speak, well, probably the best speakers around right now, which are the Key Threes, and and I can trust them. But I, it's not just about that, isn't it? And, the, and the, the great thing if you ever go to a mastering engineer, and I used a guy called I used to use a guy called Dennis Blackham who'd done everybody, and he's retired now. Uh, but just going in, and then he'd he'd take my tracks, and he'd hand them back to me. And I thought, I, I, it sounds like a different track. It sounds like a different mix because he'd listen to it again, and he had the experience of how tracks would translate on different systems and things like that. And you, the the last thing it was about was loudness. It was about just giving those songs the the shape that I may have missed in my monitoring setup, and so. Uh, and the, again, the line I use in the article is that you can self-master, but you can also cut your hair yourself. But I'd never recommend you do it because I'd rather somebody get around the back of my head and see what I can't see. Uh, and I think for me, that's the big thing. And I have mastered stuff I've mixed as well for people who haven't got the budget. But but that's uh, I think one of the big things is to get something to, say, to get a second set of ears on it that go, yeah. Well, actually, that bass is a bit 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 bumpy, or or the top ends a bit harsh and stuff, and. And and I I think that's important uh, in our sort of like one one person operations that we all run these days. It's almost more essential than ever. I think what I was getting to before, and it kind of trying to guide you to before Eli is because you do quite a lot of jazz stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Steve Gad's won a, an award this year because he's yeah for the recording of his new album yeah. And I yeah. bet that's full of dynamics. I bet that's. Yeah.
2: I haven't heard that one yet, but you know, it's funny. I was just listening on Amazon Music to "Light as a Feather" and "My um, and Spanish Heart" from Chick Corea, Oh Corea, yeah. and it was it was really quiet. <laughs> I mean, you know, compared to to you know other tracks I was listening to, and I had to turn up the volume again. No big deal, but I did note you know these are albums from from thirty forty years ago, but they, they were they were very quiet.
1: Yeah, I think Steve Gadd's just won a Grammy for his latest album, hasn't he? Well, oh, yeah, he's to...
2: one of my favorite drummers. I got to check it out. I have tickets to see him at the Montreal Jazz Festival. In no, Phoenix have
1: and... you? Yeah. yeah, he's incredible. Him and I've I've seen Vinny Collietta, who's the other guy yeah, yeah. who, uh, 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 who is incredible as well. But Steve, I'm sure Steve Gadd's new album. I'll have to find out what it is afterwards. Has
2: yeah. just won an award for for for, for something like most dynamic track or something. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, to make it a point to go listen to it. You're right. But you know, I think Dan brought up an interesting point. It's almost like we need another term to use because Russ, what you're saying obviously is totally valid, but the reality is most of us nowadays are in our small one-person operations turning over completed mixes, however you whatever term you want to use for that, and that just is the reality. Is it mastering? I uh, it, it it's the new you know,
0: it's the, the new mastering it's, it's a form of mastering but it's it's not it's not mastering
2: as it once was and that's the yeah, idea yeah it's not being like solved. what you describe Russ and 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 there are two no, i it's think not. separate things you know yeah. two then they're both but in i think today it's it's rarer to get a bigger budget thing where it is going to go to a separate mastering engineer maybe we need a new term I tell you what, I was teaching this the other day, as I said earlier,
0: I'm, I'm doing some work at a school. Um, I haven't actually aired this before, but um, I'm, I'm doing one day a week teaching at my old stomping ground, the Brit school, uh, yeah. which is an honour, um, absolute honour, to go back to the place where I learnt and teach in the same studio where I learnt. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but I was teaching the kids, uh, well, we did a, a long session, a four-hour session on mastering and I wanted to get their sort of thoughts out uh, and their, their opinions on, on the subject because these guys are songwriters. They record and mix their own stuff. Super talented, these guys. Bloody yeah. hell! Absolutely. i was blown away. Um, so we start talking about mastering, just saying, come on, what's your sort of go-to chops? What do you do? Uh, How do you think about it? How do you approach it? How do you do it? Um, and what I noticed was they use far too many it's not the Brit School. These are the guys, you know, the students in their own studios. They're using far too many processes. And I took them down to the, the what we call the mastering studio at the other end, uh, where there was a Focusrite Red 3 compressor and a beautiful old Son-Tec, uh mastering equaliser. It's about 10 grand's worth. I said, all we're going to do is master your songs using EQ and compression. Nothing else, no silly wideners, no limiting, you know, none of this... Um, all these tools that have been sold to us as though they're integral mastering things, and they kind of gave me a bit of a funny look. Like, really, is that <laughs> it? I went, no, seriously. Not only are we not going to use plugins, we're going to use our hands and real outboard gear, and that's it. My word, the room was just alight with um, <laughs> w- with attention and excitement, and they were using their own mixes. And they're like, wow. I said, all you've done is knock three dB roughly off that mix with the compressor, and a little bit of air in the top ends. And you could do a bypass, and I was pushing it in and out. The volume was very, very, uh, uh, not not different really at all, because uh, we had the makeup game. But they were blown away by it. I went, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all you need to do to your mix. If your mix is so- solid, mastering really is not that big a deal. Uh, something that James said to me ages ago, and it's really stuck with me, I can't remember if you told it to him, um, it was track like there's no mix. That's how much attention you should give to your tracking out there. There's no mixing that will save it. When you do get to mixing, mix like there is no mastering available to you. You've got to make that mix as good as you can possibly make it. And then yeah. when you get to mastering, well, what, what what's there to do really? Just maybe a tiny little adjustment here or there? Then move it out yeah. the door. You're done. Yeah, it shouldn't be more than that. Yeah, it shouldn't be the other way around. Rush the yeah. tracking, rush the mix. And you get to the master again, ah, <sighs> I remember mm. in the early days
1: when my first mastering session which was attended years ago and I remember the vocals on some of the tracks weren't loud enough I said to the master manager can you get those vocals up and he looked oh. at me like I was an, like I was an idiot uh, but oh. still managed it so interesting stuff uh, right shall we move on to uh, uh, feedback from the community The Pro Tools Expert Community Feedback is brought to you with the kind support of RSPE Audio Solutions. Great people and great prices.
2: RSPE are having an Avid President's Day sale offering 15% off Avid software. You'll be able to save
1: 15% off Pro Tools software purchases, upgrades and support plans with the Avid President's Day sale at RSPE Audio. This offer won't be around for long, so use the special link in the podcast article to see what you can get with 15% off. Kevin Dallas. Uh, I came up with this a couple of years ago. It was a bit of fun, but didn't have the courage to send it in. I was, as I was sure Russ would have shot me down as a Scotsman who came up with it. If you're not British, you probably wouldn't understand that kind of... I live in Ireland. He lives in Scotland, but I'm an Englishman, actually. Uh, anyway... It's based on the Grand Designs bingo drinking game, which you've probably heard of. Keywords said in the podcast trigger listeners to take a drink. Uh, Kevin asks us to put the disclaimer in that that, that he does not encourage excessive drinking. Examples uh, of uh, b- podcast bingo. James buys new gear or mentions his console. Dan mentions Tegler. <laughs> Russ reminds us he loves his trash can Mac. Or says door, but it sounds like the word door. Uh, <laughs> what, what else, how else would you say? DAW, that sounds stupid. Yeah. Mike says back in day, or mentions RX. <laughs> Julian mentions audio over IP or Dante, or tells us that students always break or steal equipment. <laughs> and Alan mentions the Neve DS, DFC. I don't know whether we should get a card made that you can download off the site yeah. and you could do podcast bingo every week uh, i think that could be quite quite a, quite a good game couldn't it yeah uh, well, I've, obviously, I've said trash can about 10 times tonight. But so. We've just
0: spoke about mastering for the last 20 minutes and <laughs> I didn't mention Tegler.
1: You did not, actually. But as I say, based upon me saying trash can and, uh, several times, most half of half the listeners would be absolutely
2: on their backs by yeah. now. <laughs> Another few months of this and we'll, we'll see what my thing's going to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will. As you get known on the sh- on the show, there will be something, probably probably will mention of jazz and stuff like that. Anyway, let's go to some questions from the community.
0: Yes, John Milton has been in touch. Hi guys, I watched a YouTube video uh, that Russ did on Pro Tools and Vienna Ensemble Pro 5. At present, I'm running Omnisphere 5 through Pro Tools 10, but uh, I tried to do the uh, the latest upgrade. I found that the latest upgrade will only work in 64-bit. Could you let me know if it's possible to use it through Vienna Pro? Uh, If so, how? Just to let you know, I am old school and old, so be gentle, kindest regards. Russ, can you help out here?
1: Yes, it should work because Vienna, Vienna Ensemble Pro basically runs as a slave device to Pro Tools. What happens is you insert a, a, a plugin instance of it, and then it, then you have this separate kind of uh, uh, GUI that's got like all the channels of Vienna, and you can insert any plugin you want, including VIs and there's some videos, and it works. I think you can download a demo to try it yourself.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the question, though, is I think the Vienna Ensemble Pro 32-bit version, if you open that, it won't open in, in, in the current OSs. And if you open the 64-bit, can you host? Uh, I think you
1: can. I think you can cross the streams. Yeah. I think, okay. I think I'm quite sure you can. Uh, <laughs> double check. Uh, speak to the guys at Vienna. They're good people. Uh, yeah. So So... Of course, to be honest, I don't know what machine you have at the moment, but, but it sounds because you're running an older machine uh, that it's pretty... Uh, uh, it might be underpowered anyway. So what you could also do is buy a used Mac Mini. Let's go back there again. That's a newer Mac Mini, but not the latest generation, uh, like a 2017 Mac Mini. And then over... over Ethernet. You could run Vienna Ensemble Pro Five on the second machine, and there's zero lag. It's amazing, and so you could basically have a 64-bit machine running all your instruments via VEP, and you could then open them in Pro Tools 10.
0: Mm.
1: Possibly, yeah. But, but double check that.
2: So I think you're right, Eli. Willie, uh... it looks like I'm reading his question again. It looks like his issues is with Omnisphere because Pro Tools 10 won't host 64-bit. That's correct. Okay, so if you run the 64 – so he wants to to run Omnisphere, and the new Omnisphere, which is 2, it's not version 5, is is only 64-bit. Can he run that inside a 64-bit Vienna Ensemble Pro? And then then plumb it back in through Pro Tools? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure.
1: Check with the guys at VEP5, at at Vienna Ensemble. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probable, but just check if it's possible.
0: Cool. Right, Eli, I think this one's for you Uh, from Ashley Hill. Hi there. Uh, I am Pro Tools and Studio One for Pro user. Maybe not then. Um, uh, Pro Tools for six years, basic. Uh, Studio One's for scratching the surface. Uh, our band guitarist uses Studio One, so I'm trying to use both to facilitate better project interchange. As, Ruff, uh, as Russ explained in his tutorial, Focal Align uh, is so easy, it's a breeze in Pro Tools with, uh, via Audio Suite. The same from my limited experience can't be said for Studio One. I'm trying to grasp uh, the flow in Studio One and struggling even after watching videos online. Obviously, it's now ARE but sometimes it appears greyed out in the audio window, sometimes not. Some say drag the insert to track, some say right click, and I don't want to select a whole track, just segments of a chorus, for example. Uh, and to do uh, it the same way as in Pro Tools, could you please describe to me how to, in the most current version of Studio One, to use a vocal line to align small phrases, etc. of audio, uh, as similarly to Pro Tools or as efficient as it is possible in Studio One. Um, pretty please or could you point me in the direction of an up to date video Uh, even the synchro arts manual uh, seems a bit confusing and uh, not up to date most likely not Uh, I love the look and general workflow of Studio One but still find Pro Tools much easier to edit audio and MIDI in and keep finding myself having to go back there to edit whereas I'd like to be able to accomplish the same task as efficiently as possible in Studio One many thanks for your time and consideration Russ this may be for you as well
1: Uh, Eli do you want to go first or shall I go first
0: yeah, no, I've never used Vocaline.
1: Okay, but, uh, let me tell you how it works. Basically, if you've got the ARA, if you've got the ARA version, which you which needs to be the VST3 version because that's what's powering ARA. Uh, first thing you want to do is you want to chop up your audio on the timeline, uh, so you've got it in different segments, and then all you need to do is press the Alt key and drag vocal line on top of the piece of audio you want to use as the in fact you could drop you can even better you can drag it on the two bits of audio you want to align and it will do it it's as simple as that just drag and drop it onto the audio and it will work yes. and then just press play and it will work it's awesome. really simple there's a video by Marcus showing this i'm sure there is we'll we'll we'll, we'll dig it out after the show but it, it's so simple with ARA now uh, in Studio One, as I say, what you want to do first is just chop up your audio on the timeline. And I'd, I'd recommend doing that anyway when you're building a song uh, rather than having just big strips of audio like a tape. Uh, it's just, just cut the, the t- between the two points that you want to do this 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 uh, this alignment on and then hold the Alt key down and drag it onto the audio. And it will, uh, with the vocal Vocaline uh, v- ARA version, which is a VST3 plugin, drag and drop it on and it will do it on the timeline.
0: It's amazing. It's easy. I'd say that workflow is better. Um, catch that's, the even,
1: that's faster than Pro Tools.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'd say that's that's a better way of doing it. That way, if um, you just try to correct the big problems and you're not trying to fix every single note in a performance, um, mm. is a it better it's, yeah. Better to just cut things up and go. That's a clear um, timing problem. Let's just fix that little bar and leave the rest alone. Uh, that sort of way works for me better.
1: Dino Senac. Uh, Pro Tools 12 missing audio files. I have the missing audio files window pop up every time I open my session, but it's because I had deleted several tracks I wasn't wasn't going to use. So I've saved my session hoping to get rid of it, but it still pops up. And I have even deleted the files from the clips list and from my computer. The files are no longer in my system, but it
0: still says missing audio files. What can I do? That's an interesting one. So it's loading up Pro Tools and it's complaining that it can't find audio files. So you must have some tracks still in your session uh, that look uh, light blue, sort of thing. That that's where the original clips are, and that is looking for
2: the audio files in your project folder. Hmm. Is, is it possible when when you're deleting audio files like that and the clip references, if yeah, they're still in the undo history? I don't know if that would trigger that message.
0: Yeah, or you've got them just hidden. You've got some tracks still be,
1: hidden in the left-hand sides. There could be an even bigger explanation for this, that you've got audio files with the same names.
2: Oh, uh, uh, yeah.
1: uh, Because you recorded audio one several times, or audio two. And also, of course, have you got hidden tracks on the left-hand side? If you yeah, open yes, the tracks dialogue, make sure that you haven't got tracks that are hidden but not deleted. Because mm. even though they're hidden, hid- hidden they, uh, Pro Tools still thinks they're they're part of the... The, the
2: part of the song. Yeah. 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 I uh, reckon it's that. I reckon it that seems that. the most likely explanation. The
1: yeah. other the, the the workaround if you're fed up of this happening is to open a brand new session and import session data, import all the tracks to the new song so they come into the timeline and then save that session.
0: Yeah. And that or, new session will do it. Or file save copy as. But before you do that, sorry, um shift click all the tracks in the session, file save copy as. Uh, and then selected tracks only. I believe that's... I can't look at it because I've got... Oh, is that another way of doing it? Yeah, that's another way of doing it, and that'll just make a copy of your whole session based on the uh, highlighted tracks that you've got in the session. That should do it as well. Uh,
1: Interesting one. This is iPhone... uh... So, uh, Eli, I don't know if you've come across this yet, Rhys Ritnell, I've recently got the iPhone X, and of course, everything is asking me to update my my Mac to Mojave from El Capitan. Will this affect my Pro Tools 11? Uh, Well, first, that's the first part of the question. Will it affect his Pro Tools 11? Dan, if so, so the first part of the question, does he, he doesn't have to update to Mojave,
2: does he, Eli? Uh well, I don't have an iPhone X, but uh, it's probably prompting them to upgrade for compatibility with the iOS, I'm I'm thinking. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got an iPhone
1: X,
0: but and and uh I've never had I've never had to force my uh upgrade no. on OS, only iTunes. So that's an interesting yeah. one straight there. That that I've never experienced my Mac saying, I'm sorry, you can't use your phone uh with this version of OS. I've never experienced that. So,
1: yeah, it's probably uh, just to be honest Apple it's slightly better than Microsoft because apparently Microsoft actually do it behind your back without you knowing on on the, the new versions of the Microsoft OS but but Apple often asks me to update my OS and I just ignore it.
2: Yeah. Me uh, too.
1: if you're getting that a quick trick is if you press down the alt if you're if you see the three lines in the top of the top of the right-hand side of uh, of macOS that's the notification sc- uh, uh yeah. window. If you press the alt key and click on it it mutes it. And I yeah. have mine muted all the time. Otherwise, yeah. I would never get any work done. Yeah,
2: especially when I'm doing videos, I have to mute it. And that was a great tip. I think I got from Julian in one of the articles about a year or two ago. Julian or James, and it was a great tip. Yeah, just option clicking it. Yeah.
1: So I, my Mac's always asking me to update to, uh, stuff, but but I tend to ignore it because, and especially on this one, if I'm if I'm frank with you, Reese, I think your install of your DAW is far more important than your iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Yeah, in fact, I don't even plug my iPhone into my Mac anymore because it's all done in the cloud. So uh, ignore it, turn off, use the alt click on the top three right-hand side uh, lines, and that will stop the notifications anyway. Uh, and so the second part of the question, Dan, is I can is he eligible this? for a
0: 2018 upgrade uh, upgrade nope. from 11. Will this affect my Pro Tools 11? So he's he's working on Pro Tools well, yes, 11, he will, right? Well, yeah, won't we'll
2: work on Mojave, right? He won't he's not qualified for Mojave. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. What was the ver- it was, um, what was the version before High Sierra? Sierra, before before Sierra, then what was that one? Um.
1: Mountain Goat? Which no, was that was a long
0: time ago. Mavericks? I don't know. I've lost the plot. Um, and it was Ma- Oh, no. Yosemite. Yosemite. That's the one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Um, it, Pro Tools 11 works on that because it's working on my wife's machine. It's not qualified to. It shouldn't work, but it does. Just to let you know. That's the most uh, up-to-date version of 11. So I think that was 11 point something something three, whatever it was. It works. So, Where's El Capitan
1: in it? Was El Capitan pre-Mohave? pre Harvey
2: That was pre-Yosemite. That was a, that user, Yeah. Ago. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it sounds like this guy would be tempting fate to try and run Pro Tools 11 on Mojave. I think it will work. Um, I don't think there's no reason
0: for it not to work. It might m- have some problems, but to be honest, uh, it's a rock solid system on my wife's machine. She's, um, yeah, me Yes, it is that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine.
1: Yeah. So here we go. It's good. So just a little bit of, uh, just a, for for, uh, for those who'd like the history lesson, it was Mac OS X, uh, OS X. Let's be clear here. It's not OS X. It's OS X. Okay. OS X public beta, cheetah, puma, jaguar, wow, panther, tiger, leopard, snow leopard, lion, mountain lion, Mavericks, Yosemite, El Capitan, Sierra, High Sierra, Mojave thank you there we go you're welcome <laughs> well done or in in words of mike that should be on board in bingo Majavi. <laughs> <laughs> <Into> it and <laughs> uh, so is he eligible for an upgrade to pro tools 2018 no, no he's I, not, it's about yeah. as yeah no i not i think that's but as likely as him being pope uh I, perhaps if you are the pope welcome to the <laughs> show but no i don't think yeah I, I
2: all think, right shall so i move on to the next question yeah you can if you wish from
1: David Byrne. Hi there. I'm a Pro Great Tools Great tw- you ran, Dave, in the 80s. I love talking heads.
2: Oh, oh you know him. <laughs> um, I'm a Pro Tools 12 <laughs> user on Windows 10 PC. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you could help me with one query I have regarding MIDI input volume. I understand there are lots of ways, change velocity, etc., to alter the velocity of MIDI notes once they are performed or written into Pro Tools. But what I am wondering is, is there a way to set the MIDI volume before you write or perform a piece with a MIDI keyboard? I use an M-Audio KeyStation 88. I cannot set the input volume on my MIDI keyboard to set a velocity as far as I know. I just set the volume up to the max, otherwise the volume is too low. But when I perform, say, a piano piece, the keyboard is touch sensitive. I want it to be touch sensitive, but I'm finding that unless I'm hitting the harder notes very hard, the lighter notes, the light, the lighter hit notes are very low when they come into Pro Tools around 30 to 40 for the low notes and 60 to 80 for the high notes. This level of sensitivity just doesn't sound very good. So once it records in, I go into quantize and I set the volume range between let's say 85 to 100 for a sensitivity range which just sounds better. But what I want to know is, is there a way to do this before performing the piece, which would save me a lot of time overall later? Any help would be brilliant. Thanks so much. Well, I think, first of all, he's conflating volume with velocity. He just keeps using Correct. the terms interchangeably. Correct. I agree. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a couple of answers to this. I, I, I don't think in Pro Tools that there's a way to scale incoming velocities before they hit the sequencer. I know Logic can do it. You can set it up to scale the velocities coming in. Um, On his M-Audio Keystation 88, can he in there somehow scale the velocity curve so he gets the response more to what he wants? I don't think the M-Audio Keystation 88 has that functionality. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So uh, you guys are the Pro Tools guys, but is there any way to affect incoming velocities before they arrive at the sequencer?
1: Can I say, I think this is a cag-handed way of trying to fix a problem the real issue is that he hasn't got his velocity curve set right in his midi yeah. keyboard
2: yeah would yeah. you agree yeah i agree it's just i don't know if the yep. key station 88 allows for it to be adjusted. yeah it should do
1: it does do curves i'm sure it does
2: i'm, I'm almost okay. i had one they're a great keyboard okay well then
1: that's uh, the answer yeah uh give me a second uh
2: uh i'm just double checking just talk amongst yourselves uh, Okay. Well, I, okay, uh, before we started the podcast, I downloaded the KeyStation 88 manual and just did a really quick look through the manual, and it didn't look like in their advanced page that there was anything for setting the velocity. Know, a here video, we go. I can here see we go. History. YouTube videos
1: okay This is right. what
0: you do. This is what you do. You perform a factory reset on the M-Audio KeyStation, power off the KeyStation, hold down the buttons Advanced, Octave Plus and Octave Minus simultaneously until step four, power on the KeyStation Number four, release all three buttons. Give that a try. See if that because sometimes you can get hardware that just gets a little bit confused. Factory yeah. reset
2: all oh, the bloody way. It, he might nicely. just not like the velocity curve. Though. it might not be you know to his touch, like to his liking. There no, should be a way it to adjust like
1: But at the moment, he's got. A, he's basically got what sounds like the inverse of an exponential velocity curve, which basically right. it's very sensitive. So it's like super quiet or super loud, super, and yeah. all the so so if you looked at it on a scale, the curve would go basically in inside the line, if it was a straight line going up the middle, what you want to try and do first is get the straight line going from the X to the Y axis, or you might want to get it so it's it's bubbling over that axis, if that makes sense. I'm not very being very descriptive here. But you can set the curves in that keyboard. Uh, okay. And that would be the best thing. In answer to your second question, Eli, uh, I think real-time MIDI properties should allow that to happen. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: I'm just. There must be videos from way back. Uh, My understanding of real-time MIDI properties is that it sort of puts it in a non-destructive way. It imprints those values on the captured region in a way that can be undone. But I don't know if it'll actually do it on in you know as you're playing it in. I'd be surprised if it did. That's
1: correct. That's what it's doing. Uh, Uh, it but it only does timing duration. Oh, it does, it does velocity. I would try using the re I haven't used it for so long, but I'd try using the real-time properties. Uh, and then you hit the velocity option, and you've got a percentage. If you tried the dynamics, that's what it's asking you for. You could take that to 50%. So that's halving the dynamic range. And that might help. Uh, I could do an experiment, but I'm in the middle of a podcast. But that <laughs> might work. Uh, but it might not. So... Uh, you'd have to double check. I'm just looking at old articles that I wrote about this. Five Pro Tools MIDI features worth knowing about. One of them is real-time MIDI properties. There's also the MIDI filter uh, built into Pro Tools, but I think that's more about stopping CC data going through and things like that. Yeah. Uh, which is which is uh, interesting. So we kind of got a consensus on the team here that the real thing you should do is try and fix the velocity curves on your keyboard rather than try and basically you're t- basically fixing it in the mix to put it <laughs> finally, yeah. uh, whereas what you want to do is fix the touch sensitivity on your keyboard download the manual KeyStation 88 there's a couple of videos on YouTube that show you how to set it as well uh, and
0: uh, or or play out play factory out. reset that would just yeah. put it back to normal and then go yeah, from try there yeah factory reset first yeah. I'll do it yeah, yeah.
1: Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com.
0: If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, You'll know how, uh, how hit and miss the audio quality and connection can be. Even on a good day, it isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN equivalent quality audio using a Chrome browser. No software to install. To get your free account, follow the link in the podcast notes.
1: Let's get on to our find of the week. And uh, Eli, what are yours?
2: Well... First thing is, you know, Russ, this ties into you a bit because you inspired me, you know, with all your posts on social media about the way you've been taking care of yourself. Ever since I got back from them, I made a vow. And every morning when I get up now, I used to, you know, eat breakfast and come to my computer and start doing my work. I do 25 minutes on the exercise bike, do my stretching exercises. Then I do 25 minutes on a practice pad, you know, just to get my keep my hands in shape on drums. And my find of the week is a little ios metronome app and it's called not surprisingly metronome Wow! because i was looking for something to use on my ipad just to you know have next to my practice pad the nag screen is a bit of a drag for the in-app purchases but you know once you click those away it's cheerful and easy to use and, and 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 it works great so that's my find of the week a little metronome app called metronome for ios devices which i use every day now practicing on my practice pad and my second find of the day, which I don't know if I should mention this on the podcast because it might be over by the time this is heard tomorrow. But Waves has a great President's Day special where they have a fantastic – we well, have a whole bunch of deals. But the one that appeals to me is on their CLA compressors. They got the three of them bundled together for $59 US, which is great value. And I know, Dan, you're a big fan of them. And yeah. every time I see you use them, I, I think, I got to get those. I got to get them. But $59 yeah. for all three. That's a steal. That's that a good yeah. value. Hopefully the deal will still be on tomorrow when people are listening to this.
0: Yeah. Uh Dan, what about you? Uh I've been doing my bargain hunting again. Um, you know me, I love a I love a good deal. And uh yeah, deal. um a good Dan's, Dan's deals, deals. Dan's deals. Um yeah. I've I've been desperate to uh increase the I.O. count in my Pro Tools HD rig for a while. Um been looking through so many different options getting rid of HDX, expanding HDX, getting RedNet, all sorts of things, all sorts of things. Quite a lot of those options were quite expensive just for getting another eight into Pro Tools. Um, but I found a solution uh, last week, if not just yeah, week and a half ago. Um, I found a used Greyface Avid IO that were that's still being sold for about three thousand pounds new. I got this for under a thousand pounds used. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. So bought that. Uh, and on James's recommendation, even though James didn't tell me to buy it, uh, just cause I've watched plenty of his reviews, uh, an Audient 880. I think you've got one, haven't you Russ? Uh, yeah, I have the yeah. fantastic product. I am recording through it as we speak. This is absolutely brilliant for drum recording. My God, that impedance switch thing. That's that, is, whoa, that's really, really special. So yeah, I've got that used as well. Um, 800 quid new, 400 quid eBay. Have it. So not bad how at much at on eBay? 400 quid
1: i'm just trying to find out i'm gonna i'm gonna to have to put my torch on because i'm in the studio and i can't read the blinking name on my gear it is an 880 yeah yeah and it's fantastic brilliant. absolutely brilliant
0: uh, yeah which is good. Mm, No, really cool. I've got an article on this next week uh, talking about this sort of stuff. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled for that on Pro Tools Expert. Russ, what's your find of the week? My find of the week is is you may remember that about six, probably
1: 12 months ago now, uh, Apogee revealed that inside some of their interfaces was secret DSP that they'd never told anybody about and they were going to unlock it. Uh, And... uh, at uh, last the the DSP version of their their plugins they've been showing off for about the last 12 months uh, the FX rack beta arrived in my inbox and i've installed it and what you're listening to tonight is me playing is talking through an SM uh, my uh, my uh, Shure SM7 uh, through one of their equalizers and one of their uh, compressors and it's really good it's brilliant and it's really clever and if i then use the native version in my DAW, it copies across all the... It just jumps, it just jumps between the two without any thinking. It's really clever. Uh, so, yeah, very good. It's it, And it's free. Uh, I've just downloaded it and use it, I'm using it on my, my track. And I think they'll be releasing more. There's some pull text built into it. There's a, an, an LA2A version, stuff like that. So it's really good. And uh, it's, it's given my interface a new lease of life. Yeah, to have digital effects, uh, DSP. So... Zero latency. It's, it's just brilliant. I mean, it's good
2: you can print those effects as you're recording. From well, I that's understand. what I'm doing, yeah. I'm effectively yeah. using it like a board.
1: Yeah, which is it's fantastic. So nice. nice. Yeah. Anyway, on that uh, free bombshell, uh, it's good night from me.
0: It's good night from
2: me. And good night from me.
1: Good night.